Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Thank you for joining us wherever you are around Australia or around the world. Your continued support means the world as we continue to bring you interviews and golf information from around the world with people who love golf about their love of golf. This week, Michael Green, founder of Australia's favourite independent golf information website, Aussie Golfer, joins us to chat about his love of golf. Michael is also the brains behind our favourite PGA Tour tipping platform, Teepster. It's the FedEx Cup Tour Championship this week at Eastlake Golf Course. Those who have joined our season-long Teepster tipping comp have reached the grand finale of the event. Will it be Scotty Scheffler or will Rory McIlroy take home the 18 million prize pool on offer? So many golf tournaments and so much love of golf. Scott Carter's on board and he, Michael and Roscoe run through what caught our eye this week in golf and what to catch in the week ahead. Hey, I have a favour to ask. If you're a regular listener or a new listener of the My Love of Golf podcast, we really appreciate the time you've taken to listen. What always helps the podcast greatly is if you can rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. That would be an awesome help as we move into this important next phase of the My Love of Golf podcast. So let's go sit back, relax and enjoy this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to the My Love of Golf podcast. Uh, thanks for taking the time out uh, for joining. Scott Carter, you're always welcome back uh, as the co-host. Um, we'll come back to you in a second. Scott, how are you? Firstly, how are you? You're well. I'm good. Thank you, Roscoe. Good. Thank you, mate. Good to be here again. Huge looking forward week, to it. Huge week in golf. I'm sure you've got some, uh, some personal golf stories that you're going to regale us with. Um, but we have a very special guest joining us tonight. It's great to have uh, the special guest from the industry and from around uh, the world of golf that continue to join us. And we'll be doing more of that as we combine these shows with guests and a bit of tour talk uh none other than australia's very own host uh, host or founder of the aussie golfer uh, website the australia's premier golf blog and also very um close to our format uh, what we talk about every week the founder of teepster now it's the very very pointy end of teepster uh michael green how are you welcome to the my love of golf podcast uh, and thanks for taking the time to join us thanks ross Scott, yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, no, thanks for thanks for coming. And um, as I said, Aussie Golfer, Teepsa, there's plenty to learn about both of those two fabulous um, entities, those great services, I guess, that you provide to the golfers of Australia and golfers of the world. Um, we're keen to find out more about that. Let's let's maybe talk a little bit about you, your background, and and how Aussie Golfer came about, and then that might lead us into Teepster as well. So, introduce yourself to the My Love of Golf, uh, log, M Logarati, as we like to fa- uh, call yeah. everyone after. We just made that up, actually. M Logarati. <laughs> I don't think it's got any legs, but anyway, we introduce yourself. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, yeah, I started Aussie Golfer. In 2006, um, and like I think a lot of people that end up in the in working in golf or that love golf, I was introduced to it by my father um, back in Adelaide, in the northern suburbs of Adelaide. And actually, my grandfather he played at the the same golf course. And um, I think it was actually in response. It was kind of pre-social media, and I think I needed to get something off my chest at the time. And usually with social media now, you can just fire off a tweet and you feel much better about things. But <laughs> um curious about what blogging was. I mean, blogging 
was kind of big back then and different platforms. And I was just curious about how to use those sort of things. So I actually think it was when, do you remember, was it 06? I think it was 06 when Aaron Baddeley was in contention at the US Open, I think it was. And he he might have even been leading. I think Angel Cabrera actually won it. Um, but there was a lot of talk about how he actually choked. Um, and it kind of riled me a little bit that suddenly he's in contention for one of the big majors and has a bad final round and that was it. Everyone written him off. So I kind of wanted to write something about that. Um, and thought I'll start a blog. You need to start uh, a blog about something you're passionate about. And that's kind of where it all started from. I think as well, a few people have mentioned me over, over the years that um, something I did, which I kind of didn't realize everyone needed was actually just say when the golf was on each week. Mm. I put a little blog post about when the major was on, what channel it was on, when it was starting. Um, and that used to get heaps of traction. I mean, it was just sort of little things that the average golf fan wanted to know. So um, I've, I try and keep it that way a little bit. I, I put, you know, professional tour stuff on there and that sort of thing. But um, I try hard to just put stuff that we'd all like to see on there, you know, short game tips and um, random weird stuff that you see on TikTok and that sort of thing. Where do you get the time? Because <laughs> I, I, you do a number of things like in your professional career. Where do you get the time to, to do all this? I'm, I know the... And this isn't—I'm not complaining. You know, I've got a, a golf shop that I that I do. I've got these YouTube videos that I make for Drum and Golf. We've got the Mile of Golf podcast, and there is a whole sphere of things in those ecosystems that don't happen because there's not enough time. How do you mm. get all the time to to find all this great information that um, you know, you send down the interweb pipe uh, every week? Yeah, I do get asked that a lot. I think, um, I think there's a few answers. I think. One of them is especially maybe more in the past, I didn't do um, things very well because <laughs> I didn't quite have the time. And I've always wanted to write longer pieces and things like that. I read a little bit for um, a couple of magazines here and there um, and couldn't quite fit that in. So I'd, I'd say no to things. Like I remember when people wanted to do, people saying you should do more YouTube videos and things like that. I just could not commit to that sort of thing. Um, you need to, if you want to commit to it, I feel like you need to commit to it doing well. Um, the writing's got better over the years, and I think I've got better understanding. Luckily, um, I think to our detriment, we all want short, fast little things now, right? Um, we just want a quick video on a summary of something really quickly, and um, that probably helps me a little bit because I don't quite have the time to, to fill things out. Um, but... Um, just things percolate in the back of my mind. I, I start articles here and there. Um, you know, I've got several on the go now that um, I, I think it's an area that's, that a lot of the magazines and maybe other websites aren't doing. Um, they focus a lot more on professional golf and, um, you know, and maybe they fill it with golfing tips and things like that where I think a lot of people just like to hear about new formats of golf, fun formats you can play, um, um, courses that you want to play, especially, I think, yeah, um, Australia's blessed with regard to public golf courses as well. I think people want to try out different golf courses, and that's a big thing. Well, I was going to ask what are what are the you know hot topics? You know, you obviously see um, with the, uh, being an owner of a website, you know, you get to see what gets clicked on and viewed, and pe how people dwell on certain articles and 
topics. What, what are the things that people do like to read about and do spend more time absorbing in the Aussie golfer you know, format? Because it's broad. It covers it does cover yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, again, I suppose I, I write about stuff that I like as well, right? Um, so I think there's people on YouTube that are touching on this now in that they're finding interesting little public golf courses or country golf courses and things like that. So, you know, I've written a few articles saying you you should you should really go play these golf courses. And most people probably haven't heard of them. Um mm. and I'm not necessarily lying in that regard. I'm like, this is a this is a quaint little golf course that you'll get a kick out of not just the golf course, but you'll get a kick out of sitting in the little clubhouse afterwards and having a two is new or reshes or whatever people are drinking in these places. So, um, Yeah, it's a great point, that, because, <laughs> funny remind me, I just replied to a tweet the other day. You know my background, you know, a, a Scottish Australian, you know that I'm very passionate about golf in Australia, but also, you know, golf in my country of my parents' origins. Um, mm-hmm. Someone tweeted something about where I should play in Scotland that I'm – that doesn't get talked about and I put the braids now maybe I've talked about the braids on this channel before but it's not a it's a public course and Edinburgh's dotted with about seven maybe six or seven public courses you know council courses the council own them you know this is quite relevant to this discussion like Northcote Golf Course and Moor Park but you know the councils want to close them down and put houses on them or hand them back to the public well Edinburgh's different mm. you know it's got seven of these golf courses and I always put the braids and I guarantee you that no American tourists and none of the tourists that come to Scotland to go and play golf, go and play the brace. It's one of the greatest little golf experiences. And I always put Craig and Tinney or Carrick now, all these little council courses, because people should go and play them. They're nothing like anything you go and see, but, you know, they're right in the middle of the town. You, you can walk to most of them. Um, so it's a great service to point out courses like Marrickville, you know, like around the corner from where you are now and where I used to live in Tempe. Uh, how many people would <laughs> come off the airplane and go and play at Marrickville? No, that's not the point. But it's a great yeah. little system of golf courses that we have, and they should be cherished. You know, cherished, you know. Like you were recently on with um, Rod and Adrian and you know, some of the guys on uh, the Good Good Golf Podcast, and they're very big on you know this yeah. barrow of keeping this public access golf available for all of this plethora of new golfers that are coming to the game, coming to you know, sites like the Aussie Golfer to find information. I, I wonder how many people come to, like, your website for the first time. Just, I've got to find out about golf. Where do I go? Australian Golf, and they find you. These courses have to be maintained for for the use. You know, I can't believe that Sydney Council, Sydney, I think it's Sydney Council, um, would even think about closing more yeah. park, golf course. You know, there's Centennial Park right next door. It's not as yeah. if there's not a park there for people to, yeah. who live in the area to go and have a park. Yeah. Sorry, I've gone off. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I love. I mean, I love playing the great golf courses of the world as much as anyone, right? Well, and and do. and I've and I've been lucky enough to play some of them. Um, but, but there's a certain. It, it's no. In some ways, the whole experience is no surprise to me. The golf course is a surprise and the beautiful spot, and you know, I I get into the golf architecture and all that sort of stuff, and and played for quite a while, so I can can occasionally hit a good shot, right? But um. There's something about I think these these other courses where um, y- y- the experience overall is not what you were expecting. Um, I think, I mean, a great example we we played Queenscliff finally. I took a bunch of friends down there 
Um, I still think about that day. That was what a what an interesting place to play golf and enter to the golf course and and even the clubhouse itself is a little tin shed thing that was we had a great day it was great fun out there um and and i think the majority of golfers um that i take on golf trips and stuff like that get a real kick out of that sort of stuff uh queenscliff question i haven't been there for a while do you still get searched when you go through there is it still you need to show id yeah um and I heard secondhand, but they'll turn people away if you don't have an ID. Um, we had ID, so it was fine. But um, yeah, it's defence land, right? So, yeah. so I was just going to explain to everyone who doesn't know Queenscliff. It's a mm. it's a public golf course on uh, active, you know, military site. So um, you know, there was once upon a time, I think, when they were someone can correct me if I'm wrong. You know, but passing a mirror under the car, you know, to check, do all sorts of checks like that. So um, anyway, um, very good. In in the terms of golf media, you know you're very much involved in the whole golf media landscape in Australia through your role in the Australian Golf Media Association. Um, you see it all, and you know you've been a strong supporter of, I would say, the My Love Golf podcast over the years. Um, always been keen and happy to answer any questions. This is before we got to know each other and meet. Um, so clearly, you know, you see a role for a couple of amateurs you know, who love talking about golf and have the ability to put it out onto an audio system. Clearly you see a need for that, but you, and you also, you know, your cohort in the professional mm. media service mm. doing it paid media. Um, where do you see the media landscape sort of evolving and, and morphing as we continue to go around this short, sharp digital space? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Firstly, yeah, I'm I'm definitely not a, a golf journalist or a, a great golf writer, and um, and I know that because I've seen these guys. I've sat next to these guys and and I see them write. At the end of a golf tournament, um, watching these guys churn out these articles, um, and it, it, you know fabulously interesting golf articles about the final tournament play um, was mesmerizing to me. I'm yeah. like, wow. Dude. Um, and I do think it's a huge problem. And, and, and I think that's, I'm not sure it's going to get fixed, but these guys that were long-term golf journos, sports journos, fabulous writers um, with access to players and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's all disappearing. And that long form is disappearing from golf writing. Um yeah, on the same token, though, you're getting some – I mean, when you probably look back, you think, well, there, there was a huge gap just waiting there to be filled by uh, golf fans and um, amateur golfers around the world just to – I mean, the videos on um, YouTube now, including this one, it's it, it's a plethora of golf stuff, right? Um, and I love watching it all, and it's, and it's not professionally done, a lot of it. Some of these um, – I mean, some of them – with technology now, you can do them really well, right? But some of these uh, videos of just someone random playing uh, a golf course and recording every shot, I kind of scratch my head and think, I've just watched <laughs> an hour of that and he shot 84 um, and, that, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's a difficult one and um, I, I do really feel for um, – 
the golf journos, um, the, the proper golf journos, I should say, who who are wonderful writers and um, can talk about the game and explain the game and explain what happened during a tournament really well. Um, they're disappearing, unfortunately. Yeah. Do you, do you think the long form will um... – well, I'm not going to say it's gone away. Definitely not. But, no, no, it hasn't. But you know, be maintained or make a comeback. It will just morph into just a little bit more digitally accessible. Like you know, um, Shackleford's Substack blog that he sends out with great proliferation. It's like unbelievable. He just every week doesn't miss a beat. Sometimes you get two. Um, I don't subscribe, so so I don't get the paid version. But um, mm. it's unbelievable. Mm. And then behind me here, behind this green screen, you know, is every volume of the golfer's journal, every volume of the Link's yeah. diary, every volume of caddy, um, and three or four of Lawrence's, um, McKellar, uh, magazines, which now I'm a shocking reader. I must prefer to listen to something, but I can't help, but not want to, yeah. want, want, not want to get them, not want it. to have them and, and support it and, and to be able to flick through and read the articles. And uh, so it's great. Um, I love it too. And I, I, that's the other thing that I didn't, I didn't realize for a while, but I actually really enjoy doing it. I want to do more of it. It's just actually writing something about someone else's long piece and saying, go and go and read that. Mm. Um, you know, I remember the other days thinking, am I, is that allowed sort of thing? But um, I, I, I love doing that and I want to do more of that and, and support these, these people that are writing amazing pieces on golf. Scott, you know, you've lived on both sides of uh, the Pacific Ocean, you know, in sort of golfing Mecca um, uh, and now in another, probably the real golfing Mecca, Melbourne's the real yeah. golfing Mecca. That's... You know, you're you're a, a learned man. You love a bit of written material and you love all the digital stuff and, you know, you've morphed into podcasting and co-hosting. What do you think when you think about the world of golf media and golf journalism and writing versus yeah. digital? Morphed slash fallen into podcasting, um, but wrangled, <laughs> bribed. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, the the art of long storytelling is kind of a bit of a dying art, I reckon. But 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 the the same time, I think the really good storytellers are really good quality. Um, storytellers and publications like the Golfers Journal, I think that that has a place because it's it's just of you know great quality and and um, uh, great imagery, great you know f- uh, photos and storytelling. So like I think that there's a place for that. Um, the way that we've that we now consume media has obviously changed so dramatically over the last you know five, ten, twenty years, and and accelerated at each of those you know times as well. Um, and I guess it'll keep changing, but, um, and, and as we've talked about, like everyone wants short, sharp information and, you know, Twitter can be good and can be really bad, um, for that. But I think the, I think the, the sickos, the diehards will always appreciate the really good quality storytelling and the, and the people that are really good at that will survive, I think, through you know, the next change, the next evolution. Um, and, yeah, I think the Golfers Journal is a good example of something that will survive. Um, these writers, you know, switching to um, delivering their stories electronically, and which, which they did, you know, years ago, but um, 
are also kind of hanging in there. So, but you know, who, who's the next Shackleford? Like, who's the next of like the the younger generation coming through? Um, yeah, I I don't know. Like, uh, maybe that's it's 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 an art that won't necessarily be passed on from generation to generation and might kind of slowly kind of peter out. Um, it's just maybe not as many opportunities for people to um, to write and get those longer stories out there and for enough people to want to read and, and uh, take the time to consume them. Michael, who do you like? Who, you know, who are your favourites? You know, and, um, you know, when you, when you turn on the computer or, you know, get your subscription of whatever you get, whatever you subscri- subscribe to, who are your favourites? I mean, Jeff Shackelford, absolutely. Um, I mean, I like Dylan Dethier, actually. Um, he, he, I first read his book, his first book, called 18 in America. I don't know if you've read that. Um, and I kind of picked up on it because I actually worked at the college in the US that he was a student at for a while. And I kind of went, made this connection of who's this guy that's, um, and it was just a fabulous book about driving around America, trying to play golf everywhere, just on his own in this old car. And um, um, he can write some long pieces that are really interesting. I actually think when he writes less about professional, when he writes about golf outside of the professional world it's even better dylan death here is the chap that was on full swing is a friend of is, is he a friend of jordan's or so, that one of those guys is that oh, i don't know actually was he i i yeah i got halfway through the series i haven't finished it yet okay <laughs> and uh, so what else um you know in terms of you know the the website aussie golfer how would you describe it for people that haven't seen it uh that end up going to it for the first time after hearing you here yeah, what would you what would you say? Why would you go to Aussie Golfer? What what are you going to get from it? Um, you, you're definitely going to get some stuff that well, you you'll get pointed in the right direction for for different things um, that you might miss. Um, it, you it won't get stuck on all the details of the professional world and those sort of things. Uh, there's other people doing that way better than I can do. Um, uh, you, you you'll you'll hear more about. Australian golf and public golf and um, and then you'll also get a great overview of um, stupid golf things. I mean, it's a game essentially, right? So there's <laughs> there's some funny golf stuff going on in the world at the same time. Um, I always remember when um, I cannot remember the tournament now when Tiger Woods hit a shot out of the rough and there was a big group of people behind him and there was that guy had a cigar in his mouth and I think he had a had this weird did he have a turban on or something? He became this golf cigar guy and then T shirts were made of him and that sort of stuff. And um we gave away T shirts on the website of golf cigar guy or whatever um for a while there. Um so you know the silly stuff that goes on around golf as well. Um, well, if I look at the I look at Aussie golfer here now, and you just two scrolls down, you'll see that Ron Chopper's set a new course record, and then you'll see that a, exactly you'll see that a, the more in a more gruesome tone that a body was found in the lake at um, yeah. at a Sydney golf course. So yeah. there's a bit of everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, what what's this, the background with? Uh, I haven't read it. Uh, Ron Chopper sets new course record at Super Golf. Well, do you know about Super Golf? No, I don't. I didn't know about super golf either, but a couple of people from Perth go, oh yeah, super golf at it. Oh, okay. It's just, it's like a little par three course, but they give you these clubs with a big plastic head thing on them to play it. And they give you a big ball to play it. 
You know, there's, that's it. You, I think you get three clubs. It's almost like a kid set type thing. And the holes are a bit bigger and mm, super golf. I mean, I'm kind of surprised they haven't heard about this because it seems like a really great way to get people into golf. Um, but it's, yeah, it's the golf course in su suburban Perth. And I don't know, he, he went out there and said, is there a course record? And they said, what? No, one, <laughs> no one really knows about that. So he went and set one. Well, give me, so, give me 60 minutes. I'll be back. Um, yeah. <laughs> That is, and it's played on a golf course, like like yeah, yeah, greens and tees. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, if it's interesting because uh, one of my friends who lives in uh, Lisbon, uh, in Portugal, she was telling me that uh, she had found a new love in her life, and I thought, oh no, what's happened here? No, her new passion uh, and her partner and her husband um, is paddle. Now paddle is like one of these forms, oh, yeah. iterations of a bat and ball tennis over a net game which mm -hmm. I can only imagine and come from I don't know which one came first but what's the other game that's played in the States there Scott um, pickleball pickleball yeah I wonder if super golf is the pickleball of, of golf well any way to get people into it uh, I was I was in traveling around um, we took the kids and the family away on a, on a big trip recently and I we the only golf I played was at a mini golf course in Canada just outside Toronto and a friend took me there and he said, this is a real turf mini golf course. And I was, I don't really know what he's talking about, but yeah, it's like every hole has been cut into the grass. So it's a green. The first hole is a long green. It's got these little bunkers either side. Next hole is another turf hole, another turf hole. I mean, the maintenance people maybe can do it in that part of the world. Um, but it was incredible. I've, I've never seen anything like this before. I mean, I've seen, large Himalaya type yeah. putting greens. Um, and I've seen many golf courses, but this was real turf, real green mini golf course. So um, these unexpected weird golf things that pop up from time to time, they, they play a, they play a sort of short form of golf in Japan too, don't they? Yeah. I forget I, what it's I called. I think one of the magazines that we're just talking about might've done a story on one of those. Yeah. Uh, with a big, a bigger bat and a funny ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Without giving away any any, you know, trade secrets or you know, marketing initiatives, what's next for Aussie Golfer? Where where do you see it developing in the next you know period of time? Oh, mate, that's a good question. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I've I've often wanted to develop it as a place where other people can write and add their own things. Um, and I've tried that a little bit in the past, but um kind of unless you get full commitment and routine and regular pieces from people, um, it probably doesn't quite work. Uh, I'm just going to keep plugging away. Um, I mean, when I say plugging away, it's still a passion. I enjoy doing it. Um, I would have given away ages ago. Um, it's just a little thing. It gets me some beer money here now and then, and that's that's kind of about it. Um, but it's fun. Um, yeah, it's kind of fun being involved in the media and playing the occasional great golf course and, spreading the word really um i've nothing more um reason for doing it other than that well as i said you've been you know great to me you invited me into the uh the golf media association which i was quite chuffed about and um you know you you joined me down there at the oz open and we had dinner together and um you know introduced me to some people that i didn't know otherwise and you know mm. it made me feel at home in and around that cohort of people who like yourself you know i, I would sit there and look at them, write these articles and do all of the things that they do, speak to the people that they sp speak to and do an amazing job. Um, 
and you you welcome me into that environment. So I've always uh, appreciated that. One of the, I, I remember. Sorry, remember the first time going into the one of the media centres, the first tournaments that I was at, one of the Australian Opens. I think it was down at. Mm, I think it was when um, Stuart Appleby won down at New South Wales. Um, I was really scared shitless, I suppose. Really, just making sure that I mean that was the that was the time when bloggers were starting to maybe take over the realm, and I wasn't thinking I was doing that or not. Um, but all of them couldn't have been nicer to me. Um, yeah, it's a, the Australian golf community, the Australian golf media community is a, <clears throat> a pretty close-knit group and have gone through a lot, and that's why I'm happy to support them. Ah, very good. Hey, Scott, have you got any other uh, questions for, for Michael about Aussie golfer? Because we're going to start talking about uh, the thing that keeps us turning up every week, and that's Teepster, uh in a minute. But, yeah, and no, I, I reckon we roll into Teepster, mate. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing how Teepster started and uh, and yeah, get into the table for the very last round. But uh, yeah, no, let's roll into finding you more about Teepster. Michael, let me tell you about my Teepster journey. Yeah, you know, we started this yeah, uh, a year ago, and uh, you know more more and more people joined, and uh, and I'm not sure how many are on the sort of database now, but let's say it's around a hundred or so. Um, I don't know how that sort of ranks in the in the Teepster sort of groups that are that are in play but i remember last year when i sort of wasn't going so well and all i could do was put myself down and then this year i thought i'm not going to go and do this with any expectations you know i'm not not much good at this picking tips and then all of a sudden i find myself in sort of fourth fifth sixth third position and then i've started now the chest started puffing out and then i was the, (laughs) the the absolute font of knowledge i couldn't be beaten and uh, and then last what? week I picked Hideki, Hideki Matsuyama. <laughs> oh, did you? Of course you did, so that, Hideki. You know, so it's, sort of, it's like full circle. It's an absolute full circle. But as we know, as we will talk about, it's still all open and many people can still win. Um, but let's talk about Tista because I, I, I just think it's great that uh, what it's done for for us is, you know, just give us another aspect of, you know, the – 20 or 30 people that listen to this every week to keep them engaged, um, give us something to talk about, have a bit of fun. Uh, how did it come about? How did you start Teepster? What was the concept there? I should say first, I have that journey too, exactly what you've gone through. I, I've I, I've had this year, ter- I've been terrible, um, my picking. Um, and I've had occasions where I think, maybe this is not a good idea. The whole <laughs> it's like footy tipping as well. Uh, I'm, I'm not interested if you're not doing well. Um, how did it start? Um, I knew that I know a lot of people that were, I still know a lot of people that are doing a similar thin thing on Excel sheets, mm. um, emailing someone with their pick. Um, I'd heard a bit about that. And then we did it with a group of friends on an Excel sheet. Um, and I thought, you know, this is a little laborious, but good fun, just for a bit of a laugh, really. Um, how can I automate this and, and get it on a website? So the exactly like footy to being websites that you just go there and create your own league and it runs itself type thing. Um, you don't have to remind your friends of um, putting their picks in. It just reminds you yourself with an email. So... Oh, I think I tried to get this off the ground maybe in 2012 or something. A developer said he could do it, paid him quite a bit of money, and he couldn't do it. Um, and that was the end of that. And uh, I've since realized, yeah, I, I kind of understand why, because there's a lot 
more going on in the background than even what I thought there would be. Um, um, and then I came across another guy in the US who was a friend of, um, do you know Russ Kirkner? Anyway, he was involved at Bonnie Doon for a while. He's a great, he's a great golf marketing guy and his brother is a great developer. They're all develop. I kind of feel like I'm in the wrong profession. These developers earn really good money. <laughs> um, and I never quite have enough to pay them, but, um, he got it going for me and it kind of bare bones in some ways, but the data comes in and you get your email and make your pick for the week. And people seem to have a bit of fun with it, including you guys. How many, so yeah, how many, it's great fun. How many years is that now that Teeps has been up and running? Um, four or five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a good question. I kind of get a bit mixed up because I, you know, I tried for 10 years. Um, I've definitely tried for 10 years. Mm. And how have you seen it grow? Like, you know, without, again, without telling any, you know, stories that you, that you don't want to or shouldn't tell, but sort of what's the scale of how many people it reaches now? There's about, there's about seven, 8,000 signed up. Yeah. Um, and it's really Australian based. Um, I'm, I, in my head, I always thought that what would be great is that um, eventually you have almost a golf club versus golf club situation going on on Teepster as well. You you have 50 members from one golf club um, making picks and their best score is playing against the golf course down in Melbourne as well and all that sort of thing. Um, I've, I've heard, heard some great stories of a couple of people in Adelaide, well, one person in Adelaide said that he was playing golf one day with some guys and they said, we've got a big dinner after this. And he said, what's that about? He said, well, we play this golf picking game and and the top half, uh, the bottom half have to pay for the dinner for the top half at the end of the year of their little league. I think there's 20. And he said, is that deep stick? He said, yeah. And so um, I've heard quite a few stories of those sort of things where there's quite a bit of money online. Actually, I've had a few emails from people saying, is this pick correct? Because there's a lot of money on the line. Yeah. This so, um, yeah, quite a bit of money in some of these leagues. So, um, uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's getting bigger slowly. And again, it's just a little passion and I enjoy doing it. And, um, yeah, the only problem with that one is the only problem with Teepster is it's, um, a complicated website behind the scenes and, uh, I don't quite have the skills to do it properly, so I have to pay developers to help me out with that one. So, so which then I guess the next question is, you know, we sort of spoke about it a little bit off air, but you know, can we think about will tapes to be expanded? You know, will we see other tours come yeah. under that tapes to umbrella? I, I mean, for your particular, one of the biggest questions I get is, uh, my golfer just withdrew like a decky did last week. <laughs> uh, I need a backup. And uh, I want to implement that. It's not as simple as it sounds like it should be. Um, I I absolutely want the LPGA tour on there. That that was my first one. Um, um, there's no one really supporting um, that sort of thing in terms of um, picking golfers and fun golf leagues around the world. It'd be great to have the LPGA tour there. Um, I'd also like to get the Aussie tour a little bit on there as well. <clears throat> um, it'd also be great to have a little system whereby you could put all your golfers on your golf trip into it and you can yeah. make your picks and do it yourself. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, there's there's lots of things I want to get going that on Teepster. Um, we'll see. I'm trying. No, well, it's been, as I said, great for us to have it as a, a nucleus of a part of our weekly conversation. Um, you know, every Monday I look forward to the email to see, uh, to confirm um, how much I have either lost or not ga- not gained or um, <laughs> how much someone else has overtaken me. Uh, but pleasingly, even with the uh, Hideki Matsuyama WD, I can't believe, I, who withdraws? Like, what, do, do you know what happened to him? Why did he withdraw? I don't know, actually. I did look that up. Um, I mean, yeah, actually, I need to, I need to, now that you've done it, I need to check that. But um, now that you've said it, I need to check. Was it a shoulder injury or has he had a hand problem? I'm not sure. I can't remember now, but. Who withdraws? It must, it must, uh, for Hideki's sake, I I don't hope it was any, I don't wish any will on Hideki. I'm a big fan of Hideki Matsuyama, but goodness gracious me, Hideki, you know, like just give us some insight in beforehand that. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was, I think there was myself. back injury, back injury, back injury. Yeah. Too, too. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. So I'll give yeah. you a tip, Hideki. No, it'll shorten the pause at the top. Mm. Just get into yeah. it, son. Just get into it from yeah. the top, son. Uh, there was, there was uh, one, two, three, four of us that picked Hideki Matsuyama. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the golf labyrinth, who is uh, one of your fellow Sydney siders out there, Cam from uh, New South Wales Golf Club, uh, takes some wonderful photos. Um, he and I picked Hideki Matsuyama. Mm-hmm. But um, there were many people that picked, there was one, two, three, four that picked uh, Victor Hovland. Um, yep. I do want to give a shout out to Kirky, um, who picked up $3.6 million. Now, Kirky, you know, I'm giving a shout out to Kirky. Kirky rang me the other day. He said, Ross, um, did you, I'm assuming that you got tickets in the ballot for the Open next year at Royal Troon. I went, Kirky, I sort of, I'm less reliable on my Open ballots than I am with my Teepster. Um, no, I didn't. He said, ah, oh. he said, I got a couple. I can't go. Do you want them? Yeah, okay. Oh. So, oh, so really, I've just I've just transferred the money today to Kirky for uh, his allocation, his cal- allocation of um, a couple of tickets to the to the Open next year. Wow, all true. Wow, um, I better tell my wife that I'm going first. But yes. uh, I'm telling the world, <laughs> I'm telling the world that I'm going to be I, there. I actually went to the Masters 2013, and everyone assumed it was somehow because of golf media and that, but I. I got two in the ballot for the Saturday in the Masters, which oh, that's a good. I haven't game. heard many people have. So we went, and then I took a friend, and I think a couple of months out, we're like, we can't just go on the Saturday. Mm. So then we had to work really hard and pay some money to get there on the Sunday as well. But yeah, it was the ballot that got me there. I just heard that Matt Mollica from uh, the Australian Golf Passport podcast just got allocated a Wednesday practice ticket. Oh yeah. So uh, he's he's going, and I think he'll be. That's good fun too. I think he'll be um, getting up and down whatever the road is at the front there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sale. Yeah, yeah. Um, Scott, how did you go in tips the last week? Where 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 were you at? Well, about as good as I've gone all year, Roscoe. Not very good. I picked Tommy Fleetwood um, on probably his worst week for the last month after, yeah, talking about wanting to pick him. Um, but yeah, no, didn't didn't do any good at all. Thank you, Roscoe. I am well and truly down the leaderboard. Um, I was really surprised to see how many people still had Rory yeah, um, yeah. and Scotty, uh, and particular golf is an attitude. So Blakey was keeping his um, 
is Rory in his back pocket up until this week. And so that that played out pretty well. And geez, it closed the gap between him um, and well, actually took him to the lead um, over over the golfing tattooist over Dan. So, um, but those two are so still so close at the top. Like one hundred and twenty four thousand dollars that um, separates mm. them. Incredibly close. And you're not out of it, are you, Ross? Oh, I mean, no, 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 no. Well, not not. But who not, do you have left, Roscoe? Well, I did ask him, and it was late notice, but I thought because we're having this, going to have this great Teepster discussion, Phil Kethel, another shout out to um, mm-hmm. another Teepster Artie, uh, Phil, uh, who's up there in Sydney, um, still playing over 35s football. I went to the gym last week. I did about 10 Bulgarian split squats and I couldn't walk for a week. Um, so my hat goes, goes off to him for getting out there and playing over 35 soccer every week. Mm. Um, he has a list, he has compiled a list of who everyone has. So he obviously just trawls the, uh, the system wow. and works out who's picked what over the year. And um, the last couple of podcasts, I've had a laugh at myself um, for not having anyone left to pick. But finally, when you do the review... Like last week, I had um, I had Victor available. I had um, I didn't have Rory. I had Brian Harmon. I had Xander. Mm. I had Russell Henley. I had Corey Connors. Uh, mm. I, I had Patrick Cantlay, and I uh, probably had Cameron Young as well. I had all of those guys available, and I don't know how many other people do this. I don't know if you're clicking in the website tells you, uh, Michael. But I went in and picked Russell Henley. I unpicked Russell Henley. I went back out <laughs> and picked uh, I picked Victor. And I went back out and I thought, no, no, this is this is Hideki's week. And then I'll save those guys for next week. Dun-dun. It might be it. Occasionally the servers are working overtime. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Just, oh, that's Ross changing his pick. Yeah. If the, if the hot spot is, <laughs> is Mount Eliza Melbourne, it's me. Uh, do you guys you guys do you guys play the top five little feature that I've got on there? I don't think you do, do you? No. Where, what's that one, Mike? If that's involved in paying, no, we don't. Sorry. No, 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 it's not. Um I um I'm always looking for feedback too, by the way. So if okay. anyone's got features and that, I mean, I've got a whole list of things. But as someone said to me once, oh, we play one and done format, but we have this top five thing. If your player finishes top five, you get him again. Mm. And I was like, well, and it didn't take too long to implement, um, but it's a slight twist on the thing. So we get occasionally people yelling at each other when someone finished. Uh, Rory almost finished sixth last week, so I think he finished fifth, didn't he? But, you know, you just want – if you'd picked Scotty Scheffler this year, you could just – you could have made a stack keep of money with him. him. Yeah. Just keep using him and keep using him. But anyway, yeah, more little twists on the format I'll be introducing eventually. Okay. And no. in the Teepster public one, Mike, can, can you use uh, – do you guys pay the full 20 mil – um, pay out for this this last one. Oh or... yeah, this last thing has been kind of the scourge of Teepster this last tour championship because of the whole handicap thing and mm. um, also actually you know what I don't even do they still do it? Yeah, you, they pay they used to pay like an extra fifteen mil to the winner, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what they get. I, I don't know whether it's not cash though. It's a it's yeah, um, that's right. So yeah. I used to get emails going wait. Where's the extra fifty mil? So someone might top out at eight mil for the year, and they'd win the tournament. But then they were expecting an extra fifteen million, yeah, of teepster yeah, dollars on top. That just, would you ruin might as well just thing. play the last the last yeah. tournament all year. Forget about the rest of the so year. So I've just set this tournament to be the twenty mil, like the other ones have been. That's kind of what I do every yep. year. 
Yeah, and, no, it's good. And for clarity for anyone that's joined our Teepster, uh, the Teepster Arty uh, this year, it's the result is the Net Club Championship Handicap Adjusted result. So, yeah. yeah. So whoever yeah. wins after the adjustment of, for example, um, uh, who was starting at minus 10? Is it, uh, Scott, is it Scheffler starting at minus 10? Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, it yeah. is. Scheffler starts at minus 10. Um, Victor starts at minus 8. And then yeah. it's Rory after that. Yeah. So, so whoever wins after the handicap. Whoever wins. Yeah. Okay. It's whoever wins, wins. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I thought about mixing that up, but it just got all too complicated. So, I mean, I mean it's kind of p- part of the tactics a little bit. You keep an yeah. eye on who's the top of the FedEx ranking so that maybe you can – Pick them in the final tournament of the year, and the winner gets is it 18, 18, 13 million, 18 million? Is it eighteen million? Says three point eight, three point eight, and then the fifteen bonus, so oh. closer to nineteen. So but yeah, the the fifteen is yeah. like deferred, a deferred bonus or something, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So the teamster money is only the three point eight, not the not the eighteen. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, it'll be. Yep. That's right. Yep. Yeah, I'm trying to think now. Um, yeah, no, that, that's how it was last yeah. year. Yep. Yep. Um, well, just a reminder on last week's yeah. BMW Championship, Scott, uh, you probably watched more mm. than that than me. I did the night shift for uh, the European Tour stuff, um, which uh, yep. I actually really enjoyed, um, especially the women's side. I watched the playoff and uh, it was the great. Playoff, yeah. Um, Looked exciting. What was the standout in the BMW uh, for you, um, Scott, oh, last week? Geez, it had to be, uh, it had to be Victor's Sunday back nine twenty eight, didn't it? Like I, I watched oh, the highlights of it uh, today, you, you know, a little bit closer and, oh man, like every, every shot, whether it be his driver or his iron was just so crispy and like the sound was incredible on this little highlights package. Um, but he was just, he was in another, another element. Like uh, what did he have? Yeah. 61 total back nine twenty eight. He's gone 65, 61 on the weekend. You know, he started three back. He wins by two overtakes the number one um, player in the world in the meantime. And um yeah, it was just uh, his proximity to the hole on his approach shots was just incredible. Like the list of birdie putts on the back nine, I'm not sure one of them was was over 10 feet. His approach shots were just incredible. So uh, a few different standouts there. Like he shot on 14 out of the thick rough. He hit an eight iron. It was the only driver. I think he missed the only fairway he missed all day and he, uh, in the left rough there and hits an eight iron to to about 18 inches um, out of the rough. So even in a bit of trouble, he um, he played a, uh, an incredible shot to still make a birdie. So, yeah, he, he was just unstoppable, mate. It was, um, yeah, that highlights package was super impressive. Yeah, 12 or 14 fairways. He led led the field for the week. He had 16 of 18 greens. He was first in strokes, gained tee to green, second in strokes, round putting. I think last week, Roscoe, we were saying, um, you know, hey, you got to be, like, accurate off the tee and there's small greens with lots of traps around. So accuracy from the fairway is going to be important too. And he dominated both of those areas and, and came away with the win. I, I watched a little bit of the highlights on the for the last day and it was an unbelievable display. And, again... Victor Hovland had him available. Matt Fitzpatrick, he came to my eyesight when I was picking teats, and I thought, nah, Matt, nah, I don't know why Matt Fitzpatrick turns it on. Didn't have Roy, didn't have Max, had Harmon. You know, all of those players that have done anything this year are all at the top of the pointy end come this, uh, the pointy end of the season. As we get and Scotty, Scotty Scheffler, sorry, Russ, yeah, I was just, Scotty Scheffler is still struggling with the putter, right? Because I, I didn't actually see it, but he, he three putted 17 
to then fall two shots behind, right? I mean, yeah. And, and I don't I, think it, it wasn't from that far away, was it? I mean, I didn't actually see it properly. So I, I haven't seen that one, but he's but he he lost two shots on the green um, to the field uh, for the week, and then and lost the tournament by two weeks. Like he he was you know, basically leading the field in all of the other categories, like he has done all year, um, but then lost shots uh, on the green. So. Um, yeah, I mean, we keep on saying like if he can just get that putter to just average, he'll win. He will win absolutely everything he, he mm. enters into. And um, did you guys see Rory McIlroy's crazy birdie in round one? Yes. <laughs> yeah, on the seventeenth from, from the uh, rough, from the rough in the left, he was dead in the woods and hits this. Uh, I don't know, was it a four iron or something? He just like threaded through the trees and up into the bunker and over the back. And then, um, yeah, again, Roscoe, we were talking last week about the thickness of the rough because it's been mm. so uh, so wet there just very recently. And um, the, the short game of these guys out of that thick stuff all week, but especially on day one, there was like a little five or seven minute passage there. There was like three chip-ins in a row from, on different holes, two, two on the same hole, um, uh, yeah, it just just goes to show how good these it, guys are. But and it annoyed me. It actually really annoyed me because we're going to have tens of thousands of amateur golfers thinking they can do that. And whereas <laughs> you clearly just want to say that I've got mates who are going to try it, might just chip out. And but they've seen this and they you want to do it, right? <laughs> yep, you got to give it a try. Yeah. Oh dear. Um, well, I hope the green, the superintendents and the greenkeepers don't leave rough that long at any golf courses in Australia. It's true. Um, <laughs> certainly not at Peninsula Kingswood. We don't want any of that long rough down there. It's hard enough as it is. <laughs> uh, uh, joke. I jest. Um, yeah, an amazing win by Victor Hovland. So how does that leave us uh, for this week, Scotty, as we get into the final round of you know their season uh, and the final round of Teepso? This is, I guess, the grand final show. It's only only fitting that we have the uh, the Teepso family yeah. here on the grand final show. Absolutely. Perfect timing. But, um, yeah, top 30 go through, mate. So a couple of the guys that missed out, um, who, who fell out of the uh, – Chris Kirk fell out. But if you see Fitz, Matt Fitzpatrick was 40th in the FedEx rankings coming into this week and uh, – catapulted himself up to 10th. So he played himself in. Sepp Straka um, just fell in at, at 30. So so the top 30 go to Eastlake. Um, I think as we started to say, Scotty Scheffler starts at minus 10, Victor at minus 8, Rory at minus 7, John Rahm at minus 6, Lucas Glover at minus 5, Max Homer, Cantlay Harmon, Wyndham Clark and Fitzpatrick all start at minus 4. Um, Fleetwood Henley, Bradley Fowler, Xander at minus three, um, and yeah, the rest are kind of minus two and minus one even for the rest of that the other half of that field. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens this year. If you remember last year, Scotty Scheffler also started at minus ten. And he lost by one after shooting plus three. I think he might have been the only the only person over par on that final round to lose lose by one. And uh, Rory uh, Rory came home and won it. So um, let's let's see if he blows that lead again. I, I doubt that he's going to um, this this year. But uh, there's there's a few really quality guys been playing great golf, breathing down his neck already. What do you reckon, Michael? Do you think uh, I've heard a few people tip that? Yeah, it's another chalk, another one up for Rory that he will uh, make up any deficit that he's got in the four shots and um, 
just sail on by. What do you think? You haven't got. You can't pick him in Teepster because I saw that Teepster HQ no. picked Rory McIlroy yeah. last week. I've used him. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I agree with that. I mean, you, you kind of look at the guys that are starting behind him, and um, you know, Corey Connors has been great, but we're talking about making up five shots on Rory and making sure he's got to make up eight on Scotty Scheffler. So. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the, the putting's the worry for Scheffler, right? And, um, you know, I, I, I know, I'd love to see Rory win it, but, um, I actually wouldn't mind seeing Scotty get his putting right and take it out. He probably deserves it after such a great season, really. Lucas Glover's come from nowhere recently. <laughs> my yeah, goodness. Yeah, hasn't he? I yeah. don't know. He's five back. I mean, I, I, I always, when I do my little picks for... People on Teepster um, almost looking for someone a little bit different to pick because everyone understands who's the favourites are. But maybe Lucas Glover's worth a shot if you've still got him. It could be. I don't know the betting odds on any of these guys, but uh, it might have the feeling of someone like Lucas Glover just picking picking his way through the uh, you know fairways and greens. It seems to be you know, one of those sorts of courses that's maybe not the most exciting course on the PGA Tour, Eastlake, mm. Bobby Jones, that's what a lot of people remember it for. Mm. Um, you know, thick, rough, but just, you know, they've we've seen the scores that they generate here. Could be a Lucas Clover type of, um, could be a Lucas Clover week. I think I'm going to have to stick with um, Hovland. I think he's just going to steamroll this momentum right through, pick up his 18 million and then just walk off to the Ryder Cup and dominate. It's his time. You've still got him, Ross. It's a great pick. I do. I do. Yeah. You know who I like, Roscoe, is um, Max Homer. He's starting to hit some form. He's been playing pretty good the last the last couple of weeks, uh, and he's only he's only six back. Um, but he he really played well last year in three out of the four rounds. He, he had plus one in the first round last year, but you take that out, I think he shot minus eight in round two. So, like, he, he likes this course. Um, I reckon he's close enough to give it a tilt. Okay. So, I'm Hovland. You're Homer. Have you got Homer available yep. in Teepster? I do. You do. So, you are good, good, well, 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 um, well worked. And, Mike, who, who have you got? Who's your Teepster pick? There's just so many players that I've used, 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 used. Um, the, the probably the person I'll end up going with. I almost picked him last week and he performed really well. I just wasn't sure whether he would is Brian Harmon. I think I'll go with him. Mm-hmm. Um he's landed landed back and still playing great golf. It is it is interesting when you look back at the the season and you look who you did pick and then you look at who you have left and uh and who's won and who you hadn't picked and who's performed well like Harmon to have him left now thinking, oh I haven't used Harmon, I've got to use Harmon, you know, as a major champion. But two months ago you would have yeah. Never, never yeah. thought about him, and yeah, you know, there's half a dozen other golfers like that. Yeah, uh, it's absolutely one of the great things that makes Teepster such a valuable tool for us uh, in talking about this, and just helping you know us keep involved in the in the PGA Tour and giving us something to talk about. Any time I meet any one of the uh, MLog followers, fans, friends um, in the shop or wherever on the golf course, you know they always talk about it. So it's um it's a great source of connection. So I appreciate everything that Teeps has brought to us this year and you know thank you Michael from all of us here what Teeps has given us and, and thank you f- for you know just putting it together. I really do appreciate it. I'm stoked to hear it. I really am. I, I, I love hearing that. Um because yeah, 
I, occasionally on Mondays, I'm like, oh, everything's stuffed up here, and I had to re- re-enter a few of the prize money winnings and those sort of things. But um, it's great to hear people are getting kick out of it. No, we really do. So we've got your tips there. Scott, what about the US Amateur? Um, you're wearing your favourite hat. Uh, yes, favourite hat. It was- Rocket did call this out on uh, Instagram last week. He noticed it. I, I knew that he would. There's a little, little Easter egg in the in the uh, YouTube for Rocket, so I'm glad he picked it up. What's the hat? What, what, remind everyone that... Um, oh, this is probably my pro- my most prized uh, golf possession, to be honest, Roscoe. This is a US Amateur hat from actually Pumpkin Ridge, uh, 1996, <laughs> which those that will know a little bit about the game, we'll know that that was Tiger's very last uh, third and last uh, US Amateur win. So he'd won three on the trot. Prior to that, he won three US Junior Amateurs, never been done before. Um, And then I I think he won the US Open in his first year, didn't he? So he kind of held, was it seven, he had a USGA championship or trophy for seven years um, on the trot. Incredible feat. Um, but, yeah, so I picked this up on eBay when I was living in Portland. I, I, I was obsessed with watching that footage at Pumpkin Ridge because I was going to play the course and it was like a fantasy, you, you know, coming true. And uh, and so I was watching this. And then I found myself searching eBay for all of this US Open, US Amateur stuff, and this guy was selling this on eBay for $60 and I said yes thank you I'll take that and um and yeah so so it's my my one of my prior possessions but um but uh, yeah hey one of the names that we called out last week being Nick Dunlap Dunlap as one to watch he ended up taking the victory four and three over um over young Shipley from uh, Ohio State so uh, who had a ripping um, what is it called? Semi-finals, I think, that he uh, he came back from three down after 10 in the semi, and there was some great footage on social of him playing this shot um, into into one of the holes during that comeback where it, like, ripped back maybe, I don't know, about 30 feet or something. He had this, this ball spinning back to a couple of inches to win the hole. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Nick, Nick Dunlap, Dunlap seems to be a pretty well-accomplished young player. Um, he's had a pretty good summer and uh, takes it takes it out and he's the the only person other than Tiger to win both the US Junior and the US Amateur, so he's uh, he's building a, a pretty good amateur um, career. Uh, I saw the shot that you were talking about that one where um, Shipley was swarmed by a heap of people there. He's like mm. chest pumping and fist pumping and those come ons and. Um, I thought he'd won, won the whole thing when I saw it, not, not to realise that it was not quite done yet. But, yeah, uh, young Nick, Nick Dunlap, did he – he didn't win the junior and the senior in the same year. He looks he, – he's won the junior previously. Yeah, he won the junior a few years, a few ago, years ago, yeah. yeah. Um, what an achievement. What an achievement. I, I didn't um, see or follow too much. Michael, did you get to catch much of the um, – are you a no. big amateur fo- follower? Oh, I'd love to watch it. I mean, anything with – any match play tournaments. I mean, I think it's. I'd love to. I'd love the Australian amateur to go back to match play. Actually, I think a lot of people would. Yeah, but um, that'd be cool. I, I wish I'd watch more of it because it's match play, and I didn't, unfortunately. Match play. We should talk about the Ryder Cup in a second, which um, which we will. Okay, let's keep moving on. We should talk about some of the other golf. There's so much golf on at the moment. Obviously, it's the pointy end of the season. Uh, we had the European Tour, DP World Tour, the ISPS. Sorry, I've just gone away from my notes. The ISPS in. Invitational uh, had uh, almost that yep. the um, yeah Vic Open type scenario two courses men's and women's field Daniel Brown by um, five just absolutely uh, finished them off in the last uh, few holes and he was up against the other young um, 
uh, Fitzpatrick, who performed yeah. very well. He he is a since the Open, he's come on leaps and bounds. Yeah, that's, that's he a, sure that's, has. That sounds silly to say since the Open, he's come on leaps and bounds. You know, he's been playing on the Challenge Tour. You know, he got us qualified Monday qualifying or the final qualifying into the Open, performed really well, beat his brother. Got a start in this uh, SPS um, DP World Tour event, performed really well. But Daniel Brown um, just really did hold it together uh, through that last several holes. Daniel Brown's the one you remember at the Barracuda. He finished T7. Um, so Barracuda, I think, was the alternative event to the Scottish uh-huh. Open. Finished T7. And really since then, it's really uh, kicked him along. It was great. But the one that I was watching, uh, young American... Uh, woman Alexa Pano, 19 years old, just turned 19 on Sunday, so it was a birthday, and yeah. uh, and she wins her first. It was an LPGA LET co-sanctioned event, and she played with the steely determination of someone far beyond her years. You know, to think that she just turned 19, and the way that she handled herself in a three-hole playoff, she was behind, and then she. Got to the lead. Uh, Ryan O'Toole sort of was at the front. There was maybe four or five holes to go. Fell away. Made mm. a couple of silly mistakes. And this Alexa Pano uh, young lady who has a very esteemed junior career. She's played junior Ryder Cup, junior Solheim Cup. And you're just thinking about it when you're watching it, how well those tournaments as a junior have put her in to pre- be prepared for that moment up against some season competition. I've, I've been playing catch-up a bit this week with that, Ross, too. Yeah. So she, she shot 76 Round yeah. one and then 66 yeah. coming home. Uh, no, it was... Amazing. In the three-hole playoff and, you know, the second of the third holes in the playoff, she's whiffed one into uh, the trees uh, and her um, counterpart was like dead centre. And she's just punched it out and... Um, Gab Cowley, that's it. Um, just punched it out, got onto the green, made a par. Cowley has knocked it onto the green for two, but she's in three-putt territory and just kept herself in it and then went back and um didn't make a mistake you know again out of the rough she's par five finishing hole out of the rough she's yep. this five on i think maybe in the in the approach on the third playoff hole out of the long grass and just hit it sort of stone dead rolled it in for uh, a birdie took took the chocolates and away she went esther henselight was very good she missed out uh on the first playoff hole had a bogey against uh, sorry a par against two birdies yeah, no, it was great. I loved loved watching it. Um, but there's a name to put in your black books, and when the LPGA does uh, make it into um, Teepster one year, I'm sure Alexa Pano will be one to uh, to watch. Um, yeah, yeah. The women's tour moves to uh, Canada this week. The C- yep. CPKC. I don't know much about this tournament, but uh, I know it's the home. Uh, it was Brooke Henderson's home tournament, so I can't see. I can't see me picking any, anyone other than Brooke Henderson, but uh, there's probably you know, a whole host of potential winners in this field. A couple of Australians in the field, um, Karis Davis and Steph Kiriakou, Sue O, Minji Lee, all in the field. Gents, do you know anything about uh, this tournament? You know, have you been doing any of the form on the CPKC Open? Is, is Gabby Lopez in the field? She's another outstanding golfer. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm kind of just wa- I'm waiting. Yeah, I don't know if she's this week. I haven't seen the field, but I, I've been sort of, Following her quite closely and and thinking she's going to win um, something soon, very soon. But um, what is it about quite... Gabby Lopez that, that you that you? I don't like? know. There's something. I don't know. Um, she just seems like a really solid player, and she just needs. She just. I mean, like a lot of them, just have one one bad round and um, away from really uh, contending. We'll see. I, I'm not sure. I'll have a look at the field. She was she was up there in the um, 
the the women's open for a while there and just felt yeah. right in, the, in the final yeah. round there but yep. not too much smiling going on a little bit opposite to um charlie hull getting around yep. with a smile on her face and you know gab um Lopez is a little bit more steely determination, a little bit like Alexa yeah. Pano. I love seeing, back to Alexa Pano for a second, I love seeing the chalk and cheese between on-course behaviour and then the smile and the, you know, excitement off-course and you see the real Alexa Pano, you know, the off-course Alexa pop out and Gab Lopez is a little bit like that. Uh, Scott, do you have any tips for the uh, CPCK? I'm sticking with uh, the local favourite, Brooke Henderson. Um, I reckon Roscoe that ah oh, look, I love to I love a I love to go a bit of a uh, an, an Aussie favourite. Gab, Gabby Ruffles is in the is in the field this week, mm-hmm. so she's got a sponsor's uh, invitation. So um, yeah, I think she's gonna make a good showing this week. Roscoe, get up there and up into old Canada and uh, and have a good one. Okay, the D and D Real Czech Masters. I think uh, who was the um, Max Kiefer? I think Max Kiefer is a retaining uh, champion here. I'm not too sure uh, what my read is on the Czech Masters. I can't remember watching it last year. Uh, gents, you got any read on the the Czech Masters field? Got a couple of Aussies in the field: Scriv and um, uh, the the big Novikastrian, uh, Blake Windred. Any any thoughts on you know who you might feel there? Alex Fitzpatrick's in the field. I like Alex Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I'm actually kind of waiting for Shane Lowry to hit his straps mm. again at some point. Um, he's playing this week, and yep. you know, at any point he can go really low, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it's the the classic thing that we all strive for is consistency. But I actually think you just need to get on a roll, and um, Shane Lowry, when he gets on a roll, can pick a couple of tournaments up. Um, He'd be, is he an automatic pick for Ryder no, Cup? Where's he he, he Cup? is not, not an automatic pick. He's at oh, he's at number ten. Ten, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so he's just trying to shore that sort of stuff up for, for sure, right? Yeah, and this is the last week yep. um, that, that they can earn right for automatic qualification. Mm-hmm. So I reckon you'll see some of those Ryder Cup players or prospects um, show up in the Czech Masters. Masters, I think. Yeah, Shane Lowry's in it. Uh, Luke Donald's playing it. Frank, so Frankie, yeah. Frankie Molinari has just Frankie I think been Molinari. announced as a co-captain. Um, so he's playing. And Victor Perez is there. Victor Perez, Moronk, um, Bobby Mack. Yep. All of the people that uh, can we talk about? Yes, yeah, so it's a pretty strong European uh, European field. Of course, the the third out of the thirty that are playing uh, over in the tour mm. championship, um, mm. obviously not there. But uh, but yeah, anyone that's kind of borderline um, Ryder Cup is going to be in the mix. Paddy Harrington's there. Roscoe, you'll love that. Ludwig's there. Ludwig too soon for Ludwig to be uh, in a Ryder Cup team. Michael, I'll ask you there. Ludwig Aberg, he's been on the PJ Tour since that scholarship um, category sort of mm. elevation. Mm. Mm. Been playing well, pretty much. Is it too soon for him? Where, so, is where where does he sit in the rankings? With it, I mean, I should just answer the question rather than giving another question. But um, I don't think he's anywhere close to the, to the rankings. No. You know, but he. Oh, it'd be fun though, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, that's kind of. I know they want to win it, but we also I love seeing these younger guys throwing in and see how they fare. Some of these younger guys don't have enough history yet of missing short putts and things like that, and they can go on a tear and the Ryder Cup. That'd be great fun. I well, see. Matt Fitzpatrick has to take up a pick. He's at number 26, Matty Fitzpatrick. At the moment. He? So he, he's going to have to take up a pick. You're not going to leave him. You know, Rasmus Hoygaard is, uh, I think he's at like number, he's at number eight. But Nikolai, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see him take both Nikolai and Rasmus 
and Ludwig and uh, and really kind of blood those guys for the future. I mean, Sepp Straka's at 42. He's going to have to be a pick as well. So Where's my boy, yes. Paddy? Where's my boy, Padraig Harrington? Can't tell me he's that far out of the, out of the equation. I think he... Oh, I don't know, Ross. Playing, he's played some good golf recently, though, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. so, so here's the question. So your last pick is Ludwig Aberg or Padraig Harrington? Michael, you're Luke Donald. Ludwig. Ludwig. For sure, okay. yeah. You're going with the youth policy. Okay. I'm yeah. Right. Yep. No, I could, I could be on board with that if I was there sitting alongside as the... Uh, as, um, your um, Francesco Molinari, I would be saying very good. I mean, yeah, Vic, am I right saying Victor Hovland's at 15 at the moment? 15th? Yeah, but uh, but he's got a, uh, a Q next to his name, so I don't know what is... Uh, yeah, he's got to be in. I don't know what that is, blue, yeah. but yeah. Okay, well, we've had a somewhat of a European tour, uh, DP World Tour chat. We've had a little bit of a Ryder Cup chat um when does the american Ryder cup selections have to be sorted are they end of this week as well or they got a bit longer they've run running a different sort of time frame no i think they've locked in their six locked so the six, six automatic uh point qual- qualify on points happened this week did brooks and stay, so did brooks stay in the six or did he fall out no of the six? He, he fell out so uh yeah he's fallen out so he's going to need to get picked. I think he'd be nuts not to pick him, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, but, yeah, Xander pipped him. He knocked him out. Mm. Have, I'd have Brooks any day. Um, how do you feel about uh, the way that Bryson's handled you know, all of the chatter around his more than likely lockout of uh, Ryder Cup selection? I think he's handled himself pretty well for someone who's probably not handled himself that well over the longer term the last few years in many respects. I, I think he's... I'd like whoever whoever kidnapped Bryce and Deschambeau to return him immediately, please, because whoever's showing up and he's uh, <laughs> looking like him is doesn't feel like the real the real Bryson. You don't like the new re-energized, you know, Bryson Deschambeau, the boy. No, he's had a pretty pretty measured take on it, hasn't he? Like it, it has been it has been pretty impressive. Like there's been a lot of a lot of banter, a lot of chatter, and it, 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 the old Bryson might have responded differently. But to be honest, he's, he's his response the other day and him showing up to the US amateur the other day and having a bit of fun with the crowd. Like, um, yeah, there, there was some positive, there was positive vibes there for Bryson. So that, that behavior gets a tick turning up in his shorts and t-shirt and hitting a persimmon, uh, and having pot shots at the green. That, that's okay. Oh no. yeah. You like that behavior, Michael, do you, 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 you're a fan of that? Oh, I'm okay with that. I I'm suppose. Okay. I mean, I kind of, I studied physics once upon a time and I, I took a liking to him early on and then um, it all fell away quite quickly there for a while. So maybe he's redeeming himself. Yeah. When you realise he didn't actually study physics. No, just... and then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> he hasn't even done much at all. Anyway. Oh, dear. Uh, anyway, um, very good. Uh, Asian... who, who would you take, Roscoe? Who would you take, mate? Like the, 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 the top six are in, so the next six... On points are mm. Brooks, Jordan, Cam Young, Colin, Keegan, and Sam Burns. Don't like any of them. No, I like Brooks no. and Jordan at a Jordan at a pinch. Who are the next? Who are the next? Choice? And then yeah, the next in points wise, then in order you've got Ricky, Denny McCarthy, Justin Thomas, Lucas Glover, Kurt uh, Kitayama, Russell Henley, okay. Zalatoris, Harris, English. Then you get to Fee now. You know, you're all, all the way down at 23 for Sahith. Um, so just Ricky in for Keegan. Just Ricky in yeah. for Keegan. So yeah, that's all I do. Change, change out. Jordan, Jordan, 
Jordan just had to learn to, you know, tuck himself in rather than JT tucking himself, tucking him in, you know, with that the, the dynamic duo um, performing. Yeah. Is how are I these? Is this? It feels like everyone's thinking these two teams are fairly evenly matched this year. I always feel like ahead of a Ryder Cup, everyone thinks the US is stronger, much stronger. Well, let's say stronger. Um, I feel like they're fairly evenly matched. If not, maybe the Europeans might be coming in. Just, just run. I don't know. Like the the, the list of Europeans: Rose, Rory, Ram, Bobby McIntyre. He hasn't done. You know, he's okay. Um, mm-hmm. Wink, wink, mm-hmm. wink, wink. There, uh, Roscoe, just trying to wind you up. Uh-huh. But number four, you've got Yannick Paul. And you got Adrian Morong. We we like we like Morong. Um, Tommy, Victor Perez, Rasmus, Adrian, maybe Targi. Will, will maybe he be even selected? Um, Larry at ten, Tyrell at uh, eleven, and you know Jordan Smith, Jorge, Yost. Even Yost is at fourteen. Um, Victor. So if I if I go back to my fan favorite, Paddy Harrington, I'm having Paddy Harrington in before many of those names that you just rattled off then. I think you've convinced me, Ross. Yeah, you're right. Look at yeah. that. He's just steely. He just, he, uh, he's just such, yeah. a, such a – he's done that much work mentally on himself. He's un, I think his mental game has been that blown apart and put back together that many times that I don't think he even has a mental game anymore. He just goes out and hits the – puts a tongue in his right position in his mouth and then hits the ball and – gets it up and down he still plays so good I think um, it wouldn't phase him he's been in and around he's been in and around it long enough put padding in there you go um, do you reckon that would rattle the, the US players Roscoe like, is, like having, they'd, they'd step up on the tee and, and they'd having, feel so much pressure that they would have to beat him who wants to get beaten by the old fella absolutely no way no way exactly let's uh, put him in put padding in um, let's keep moving on because I want to get Michael uh, out of here he's given, been very very Generous with his time. Asian tour, Asian tour that's in uh, Europe at the moment. So we had uh, the event at Newcastle, the um, international series uh, close house, and uh, and then it moves to the Fairmont in the Torrance course at uh, St Andrews this week. Did anyone catch any of the uh, Asian tour last week? I didn't catch it, but I know um, one of the live guys won by by a bunch, didn't he? By five or something. Andy Ogletree. Ogletree, yep. Technically not a live guy. He he played one live event, played the opening live event, and then um, moved out of that opening live event, was stateless, stateless for many uh, months, found a home on the Asian Tour, won one of the international series events, and I don't know the exact amount of money that he's won, but he's won several times since then, and um, it's probably played his way back into live based on uh, that win uh, last week. So... You know, it's been a, a roundabout way to sort of get back there. Um, but Andy Ogletree uh, did play well at uh, Close House. And um, the amount of Aussies... Has uh, Wade, Wade Ormsby sort of gone down the same journey a little bit, has he? Because he was originally live and then... So Wade's a little different. So Wade played, as you remember, all of last mm. year's season on... Um, ostensibly was the Australian team. Um, what were they called? I even forget what they were called last year before they became Ripper GC. Uh, the, um, I can't remember. The, um, 
it'll come back to me in a second. How could we forget Roscoe? My my memory's gone. My memory's gone tonight. I don't know what's going on. My apologies to everyone. Uh, Yeah, caps and teeth decades ago. They've still got a truckload of everything from that thing. The um, punch, punch GC, punch (laughs) GC, punch, punch truck. Well done. Well done. He was was on punch, and then uh, Jed Morgan came in uh, as the. I guess he qualified through through. through all of the Asian tour stuff and through his Australian um, uh, performances last year. So Jed Morgan came in and Wade went on to be like a super sub. So he's been to all of the uh, events and has been playing as a reserve. I think they carry sort of two or three or four reserves uh, with them. And um, I think in Adelaide, like he was out there playing with Mickelson's team because Mm. um, one of the players on that team uh, yeah, right. was injured and maybe not going to play. He actually went on and played and played pretty well. So, yeah, that's Wade's story. Um, he's just playing on the Asian Tour stuff. So, yeah, he's mm. he's up in Scotland this week. Heaps of Australians playing in Scotland this week at St Andrews at the Fairmont. Have you ever been to the Fairmont, Michael, in your golf travels? Back at St Andrews there as you come in no, from Kingsbury? No, I, no, I haven't, but I, I, I do really plan to in the next three or four years is my plan to see a lot of those golf courses. I was just going to say, my, my kind of claim to fame was I lost a match play game uh, as a 12-year-old against uh, Wade Ormsby's brother. Jordan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think he was a couple of years younger than me and Where beat at? me. Where at? Uh, Where was that at? Beat me 3-2. I still remember, I think. That was out at Tea Tree Gully. Yeah, right. We were playing the, uh, what was the Macmillan Shield? It was kind of the junior... Penance, very junior. I always remember it. Oh, well, I've got a J- uh, Jordan Ormsby claim to fame as well. Have you? What's that? Uh, back in the Jack Newton Junior Classic um, or Junior Foundation days up in oh, yeah? uh, Cessnock, where we were the hosts uh, at Cessnock Golf Course. I was I'm much older than you blokes. I'm the oldest bloke in the history of golf. Um, I had moved out of home. I was living in Sydney, but mum and dad would still billet the interstate team members, some of them. Um, Jordan Ormsby was stayed in my room, so uh, yeah, right. There you go. Yeah, right. There we go. There's a link I wasn't expecting. So Jordan, Jordan stayed for a couple of nights at uh, up at Spencer Street in uh, Nick Knock. Um, yeah, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know that when I met Wade and his dad for the first time. Wade, uh, obviously, Pete Ormsby's a golf industry yep. uh, drummer, golf yep. legend in Adelaide. Yeah, basically, I credit him for being one of the handful of people that made modern golf retail in Australia what it is. Um, Peter Ormsby started that down there in Adelaide. and uh, But yeah, no, um, I met him and I had no idea that uh, Jordan Ormsby had stayed in the house. That wasn't until Dad told me later on. So, right, right, right. Um, there you go. So uh, do you know the Fairmont then? I, I've, I know it through, I've not played there. I remember driving past it, had a little look in. It's just on the way in from, um, as you're coming up from through Crail, you go past King's Barns on the right-hand side and it's also mm-hmm. on the right-hand side. Yeah, right. It's yeah. it's a Sam Torrance sort of design. Um, I'm not sure how much influence you know Torrance had over other than just his name, but it's, I've watched it on TV before. It's linksy without being linksy. It's not traditional sort of St Andrews links. It's obviously what I would call a modern links. Um they're going to tear it apart. They'll they'll tear it apart. These uh, mm-hmm. these guys, mm. they'll expect many under. Um, I I don't know who win. There's a whole host of um, Aussies playing there. Jed Morgan, Travis Smythe, uh, Wade Ormsby, Jack Thompson, Brendan Jones, Tom Power Horan, Johnny Loris, uh, Todd Sinnott, Hand, Zach Muzz, my Ewan, Kevin Ewan, Andrew Dote, um, Josh Younger, and a couple others that I forget. But um, there's a stack of Aussies up there playing. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, Another good like, bunch of the live guys playing in it as well, correct. Roscoe. Yeah. yeah. James Peart. Um, yeah, there's a whole heap of Eugenio Chikara. There's a whole heap of them playing. There's um, a ton of them. Yeah. Tommy Powerhorn. Yeah, Tommy. He wasn't Tommy's week last week. He emceed, no. as did um, Johnny Laris emceed, um, which is uncharacteristic for John Laris. He is a cut making machine. Is the young Sydney sider. We like we like John on the podcast here, Mike, and we also like Tom Powerhorn as well. He's a good friend mm-hmm. of ours. Good luck to those two boys uh, this week. And um, yeah, but uh, I guess we've saved the the last one to um, the NTBGA. I was going to say Roscoe. The man in his black socks and black shoes took home the victory. Caused some, caused some controversy did uh, Daniel Gale in amongst the podcast last week. Cause, he really uh, got his back up against that, didn't he? Well, I got his, See, I that, got... that was the strategy, mate. I was just firing him up. I was just <laughs> giving him something to really I, really fire himself up on. Uh, Michael, just for the benefit of you, um, we were talking about the uh, P, uh, NTPGA last week and then mm-hmm. the Daniel Gale came up. I said, I think Daniel can win this week. He's... Basically, as you know, he's been in the States and performed really well and he's put a lot of work in in the off-season. Um, he's a great ambassador for something that I'm involved with, the Full Swing Kit. Um, he's using that. We've had a lot of fun with Daniel, got to know him. Good fella. Uh, thought he'd carry that form in, did, and reminded um, Scott here that he wears the black socks and the black shoes and the black spams. So he's got the triple black look. Scott doesn't like the black uh, sort of... Footjoy Premier black sock look, and uh, so yeah, had, with, with the with the dress shirt, he, he was wearing the SL carbon, um, so it's a little more sporty. Roscoe is kind of the only thing that really saves that that outfit for Gailey. But uh, <laughs> but if it was the the full on dress shoe uh, Premier, then that would have been a disaster. But obviously, he uh, he fired up and yeah, got mm-hmm. him over the line. I think he what do you have six under on the on the bat on the last round. Yeah, he did have six under, and it was a great bounce back because he didn't have the greatest third day. He lost the lead there a little bit, and um, but uh, no, just absolutely killed on the last day. It was great to see him. Yeah, no one looks happier to get a trophy in their hands uh, than Daniel. And how about that trophy? Oh my goodness, (laughs) that's a ripper! It got picked up in on social media by some of the international golf guys too. It was yeah, uh, it's a great, it's a great trophy. Is is the skull real? Do you think it's a real croc skull? Is it like a three D model? Mate, it's Northern Territory. They don't do. I'd say it's they don't probably do things in halves. <laughs> I'd say it's probably real. Yeah, it's probably featured on the front page of the NT newspaper there at one point. I'm sure if it is real, it's ethically harvested as um, you know crocodiles are cold and ethically harvested up there. If anyone's yep. going to say that, that's terrible. Um, oh, we don't know. We'll find out. But uh, if it is, I'm sure it's all been done above board. Um, I have to get Daniel on to ask him if it is real or not. Mm. Uh, but anyway, it's good. They have a break. Uh, the DP World Tour qualifying is, I think, next week or this weekend or down at Rosebud, just down the road from here. So there'll be a number of young Aussies shelling out their $5,000 or something like that it is to um, you know, have their crack at first stage. This um, the Asian tour or DP World Tour, Roscoe? You, no, you said DP is Asian? Or? No, DP, DP World Tour oh. is um, on the 29th. So that, I think that's yep. obviously a week away. Uh, and then um, Asian tour is at Mount Derrimut that Blakey's organising in a couple of weeks again. Yeah, right, okay. Four grand check that all these young, uh, young golfers will just shell out. What do you think about that, Michael? DP World Tour qualifying, Asian Tour qualifying in uh, in your backyard in Australia? Mm, good luck to them. I mean, it really, um, yeah, there must be some nerves and 
a great way to enter the world of professional golf if you can play well. Um, good luck to them all. Yeah, I wish them well. It's a big commitment, isn't it? You know, these young fellas uh, that are going to turn up down there and pay a lot of money um, for the entry fee. It's a big commitment for their for their yeah. their shot at the. Um, yeah, it's not even guaranteed entry into the next. You know, it's just the next stage no. stuff. Um, so it's a it's a it's a grime. And people, I hear young young people talking about being a touring professional these days, and I never would talk them out about it. But you know, if the yeah. conversation extends to something along the lines of what do you think i just remind them that it's not easy and there's a lot of work and there's a lot of steps to get through you know if you're not already punting at the pointy end when you're 16 17 and you know in state teams and that sort of thing you know there's a, there's a bit of work to do and you're gonna have to grind it out but um everyone's dreams is their own dreams and, and you can only support yeah. people's dreams in in that regards absolutely scott uh scott, i can see there's only 25 uh 25 people on the list on the entry list for that for that tournament we, we, we should get down and have a look at that roscoe I'll be I'll be around. I'm going to Tasmania the week after. Um, anything in any anything to Tasmania that um, you know you haven't seen, Michael? That uh, we should go and see. I want. I really want to. You know what I want to play is the what's the really old golf course the with, with the um, I've forgotten the name of it. The sheep fences around the greens. Not um, not Ratho. Is that Ratho or Rath Ratho? Yeah. I want to play Ratho. I've never got to Ratho. I need to go and see that. Okay. Um, um, I'm going back to Bamboo in October. A bit of a hit around again, which should be fun. With a group? Hopefully or just, I'll get down to seven mile. Group of mates or just for... Uh, uh, you know what? It's a guy that is not interested in golf at all that's asked to sort of come down and to some house that's about half an hour away. And so a few of us that love golf say, yes, we are going to that. Okay. So, <laughs> so that'll be fun. I'm taking someone that's not interested in golf at all to Barn Burgle as well on this trip around Tasmania with my wife. <laughs> Under the under the guise that it's uh, actually an upmarket um, spa with a hotel, she's like, oh, "Yeah, I'll stay there, <laughs> yeah. no problems." <laughs> yeah. So if, I might. It's a, it's a pretty. It's yeah. I'd like to take my wife there too, and and even some people that don't know golf much, because um, it's just a spectacular site, right, and a peaceful yeah. place to sit and look at the ocean. So. I'll play this to my wife after this and she'll be more comfortable after I've now fully disclosed that there is more than 36 holes of golf that we'll be driving to to get to the hotel room. Um, Scott, back to the DP World Tour. We, so we should go down and spend our five grand and have a crack or just go? Oh. No, no, just to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think. No, I'd, I'd rather go to the. I'd rather go to Crown and uh, and stick it on black. To be honest, but, um... <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think five point seven uh, GA is going to cut it uh, anywhere there. Well, mate, fair, fair go, buddy. I'm six six point one now, Roscoe. Come yeah, on, I know you're, well, you're coming after me. Thank you very much. Um, I, hope you, I can't wait for you to overtake me too, um, mate. Tomorrow I've got eight a.m. Um, just quietly four ball baseball midweek knockout semifinals. Okay. There you go. So, oh wow, we've already we've chastised four ball best ball competitions um, popping up too many times in a syllabus uh, already. So, but it's a knockout. Yeah. Is it board event? Are we talking gold letters? It's not a board event. Mm. Can't believe it. Mm. May have won it once before. Oh, okay. Two thousand fifteen. All right. Oh wow. I I was going to ask a few people this. I went back to my home course as a junior to see my name in gold letters for hole in one. And 20 years earlier, my grandfather had got a hole in one the same hole. I just thought, I'll go and look at that again. Um, but obviously, you know, a lot of people get hole in one, so they've replaced it and they, they put it on a screen now. Oh, it's rotates. on a screen. <laughs> so it, it, it's like a sort of PowerPoint presentation that rotates from the 1940s, 50s. And then so I had to stand in front of a screen for um, 
five minutes, had a, pie, had a pie, <laughs> saw my name on a screen that I probably could have made on PowerPoint. Just but, get um, them to email it to you, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose that's the thing, you know, a lot of people getting only one, there's only so much room they have on the walls. For... <laughs> you could, I wouldn't uh, mind being one of those people. Yeah. I never had one. Now, there's an idea. You could have an Aussie golfer digital hole-in-one board. So anyone mm. that's had a hole-in-one can be on the digital hole-in-one board yeah. and it's there I and you like don't that. even have to go to your home course. Because my course, I, my two times gold letters, um, are no longer there. The course is not no longer there, but it's right. no longer there because the clubhouse, the boards never got moved from one clubhouse to the next to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, mm. so I, yeah. I understand. I would love to be able to show... You know, my grandkids one day, the digital yeah. Aussie golfer hole in one and 1985 C grade Cessna Club <laughs> champion just rolling through. Just go and have a look at your old granddad over here. Yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, what a day that was, 1985 C grade champion. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> so salute, just saluting. I can still remember the speech. Um, oh, Roscoe. Uh, gents, we're getting frivolous now, so it must be time to wrap it up. Uh, Michael, thank you very much for joining us. I appreciate it again and um, keep up the good work and uh, you know, good luck for everyone uh, in the Teepsa competition. Thanks, guys. You keep up the good work too. It's great. Appreciate this. Appreciate all of your support. Scott, as I do uh, you, young man, um, keep turning up and uh, it definitely makes it easier knowing that you've got someone to turn up to. So uh, thank you, sir, and uh, good luck tomorrow morning in the um, football baseball uh, knockout. Really, well, it's the quarters. Semi-final. Semi. Semi-final, yeah. Probably have to give away about 30 strokes tomorrow to the old fellas on a Wednesday, but okay. we'll see. <laughs> exactly. Well, good luck, Scott. Thanks, mate. Everyone, thanks for uh, tuning in. Thanks for sticking around this long, and uh, we'll see you next week on the Mile of Golf podcast. 